How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Sean and Matt show. My name is Matt. That is Sean. Welcome to our show, Sean. In today's episode, is there going to be a crash or correction? That is what's on everyone's mind. Oh, yeah. So we are going to take a look at that, give our opinion, and go over what a um, high-ranking economist had to say about that. Okay. The second topic is going to be about... Um, a homeowners association that has fined uh, a, a homeowner forty thousand dollars over a few inches of a fence—an absolutely bonkers story. Out Everybody of loves HOAs. HOAs suing homeowners over ridiculous things, over inches, and and just wait till you hear the story because it's just even more atrocious and asinine as we get into it. And then the third topic is going to be a real estate agent out of Minneapolis who, get this, is looking to trademark body language, okay? Yeah. So I won't do it now, but there's a real estate agent in Minneapolis who is known for a certain pose, and he has filed a trademark for that specific pose with the United States Patent Office. I can't even say it with a straight face. <laughs> Filing a, a trademark for um, a pose. Okay. Kind of ridiculous, but... Um, also kind of cool if you can like trademark a pose. Hey, like, I mean, he started it, right? I mean, you, like if you even, are, yeah. even if he doesn't, you know, he's now known for that pose. Sean, you might walk down the street and accidentally infringe on I this know. guy's copyright. You got to be careful. You're, you're going to get hit with a cease and desist if, if you start uh -huh. dancing and you do this uh, movement. So let's start with an article from Bloomberg.com. Coast to coast housing correction is coming, says Moody's chief economist. So the article interviews Mark Zandi, and I just watched him on CNBC or another um, another outlet. So this guy is certainly making the rounds, and he's pretty much, much saying that there is going to be a significant change in the market in the next couple months. Prices are what's what he calls are juiced. Yeah. Barry Bonds, they're juiced <laughs> up right now. Barry Balco, uh, real estate Balco, they're juiced up. But is there going to be a correction, Sean? Um, Zandi doesn't think so for a couple different reasons. Number one, housing vacancy rates are at an all-time low. So think back to like 2008, the crash then. There were so many houses being built so quickly, so fast, so much development, and there just weren't enough buyers out there. There just weren't enough people to fill up those houses. Second reason he doesn't think there's a crash is because of the significant differences in mortgage underwriting. So think subprime loans in 2008 versus um, mostly 30-year and 15-year and fixed. And then the third has to do with housing, flipping, and speculation. There, There is a lot of flips going on right now, but we're also seeing like more buy and hold companies, unfortunately, like buying entire subdivisions as opposed to um, spec people that were coming in. And that might've been you, spec spec flippers in 2000. When were you flipping houses? 2004, five, okay, six, so you seven. Were, yeah. And then, um, and then, and then it and then all stopped. Yeah. yeah. So Sean, I guess my question is, do, do you agree with these projections? Because at the end of the day, I'm I'm a real estate agent. I'm kind of we're, I don't want to speak for you. I'm in the you're in the trenches. I'm in the trenches, and then this this gentleman is looking at all of the data, everything happening nationwide in all the markets, and and this is what he's saying. It's not really like a a sky is falling prediction, but um, you know he is admitting or at least disseminating information that says, yeah, guys, 
um, things are juiced up right now, and, and the next couple months, things may take a, a, a downturn. So what are your thoughts on that? I think they already are. Uh, I think, you know, if you look at listing data, you watch all the price drops in our area. Yes, prices are juiced. They're massively juiced. So what has to happen? They have to come down. And we're already seeing the price drops. We are honestly seeing lower showings in our area. Um, and so everything is down. Now, that could be attributed to a couple of things. We are going into the summer months. These are typically slower. Everybody's on vacation. Everybody's going away. This is the July 4th weekend and forward. We know July and August are typically slower. Will it come back? Well, there are certain factors that are pushing this and pushing it over a cliff. And yeah, all right, there aren't as many homes available, which is different from the 2008 crash. But they're pushing everything down by increasing the, the interest rates so quickly, right? Last week, we saw a 75 basis points increase by the Fed, which is causing these interest rates to go up. In July, I hear that there's going to be another 75 basis point increase in interest rates. That's only going to slow the market more. And it's putting it, it's it's pushing it to a stop. And so what has to happen? There's people that still need to sell. There's people that still need to buy. But I think the sellers are going to be in more of a panic than the buyers, right? The buyers are like, hey, I'm watching this. And I'm like, maybe I'll wait a little longer. Maybe I'll watch this thing fall because it's so on the fence right now. And sellers are like, well, I want to move. I want to get out of here. So how am I going to get people interested? We're going to keep dropping this price. Is the drop in price going to make a difference? Sometimes not. If there's no buyers there, then it's still not going to sell. So you can keep dropping and keep dropping. And when we've seen this until somebody drops it out of the sky and then they get the contract, we're going to see a lot of that coming up because there's probably going to be a lot of people. And now I've, I've warned my clients against this. And I said, listen, we're at a point right now where you do not want to go and do a home sale contingency. Actually, two months ago, I told them this. I said, do not do a home sale contingency because the market's changing. You could find yourself holding two properties. But I guarantee you there's people out there right now that are sweating because they're holding, they're, they just bought a new house and they're thinking, they thought that their listing would sell right away. And now they're in a predicament and they've got to get rid of this thing. Um, and they're probably in a locked loan on one side at whatever percentage and that could pop up if they don't stay locked so th there's there's a lot of troubles going on right now i don't know if it's going to be a, a market crash but i think it's going to be bigger than we expect and and the reason i think that is because we've already seen the slowdown and we're still seeing rising inflation so how's the fed combating that they're increasing interest rates and then at some point we're going to see the opposite effect where oh no we're going into a recession and that recession, if we do, if we hit, hit that cliff and we start falling into a recession, then they're going to spur, oh, we got to lower interest rates. So it's this cycle. And I don't know where it's going to stop. You know, we were completely wrong about the interest rates. Completely wrong. There's no way I could have predicted or said that the interest rates were going to raise 3% in four months or six months. I was thinking a percent the whole year. It's not going to affect anything. Completely wrong. So now we see where the interest rates have gone to. And we have no idea where they could head and what, what that could do to force, you know, I think there's going to be a reckoning in the smaller areas and the smaller towns. Yeah. You mentioned another Fed rate um, hike coming later this summer. And uh, to give you an idea, right now, weekly average for mortgage rates clocking in around 5.81. It's actually down a little bit. I think they touched yeah. six for a little bit. To give you an idea, 
a house at 585 with a 6.13% interest rate is the same payment as a house at 800,000 with a 3% interest rate. So someone who got a 3% interest rate for $800,000 is paying the same amount as someone that is going to get a 585 for 6.13%. And that is what pushed this boom for so long. That's why there were so many bidding wars and everything else is because basically you had free money. I mean, my jumbo loan that I have on my house is 2.6%. It's ridiculous. 2.6%. 2.6. 2.6. I hit it at the right time. But my same house right now, there's no way I could afford that payment where I am. I would have had to put so much more down to make it make sense. And, you know, I could have done that, but I mean, it's it's just a totally different market. So that's what sellers have to start thinking about is, oh, well, this one six months ago got this price. I, it doesn't matter anymore. You have to look at the value of money and the, the mortgage rates uh, and what they can get it for at a at a monthly payment. The monthly payment. The, it's the, completely the price different. never mattered. It was always the monthly payment. Right. And the article from Bloomberg cites a couple different cities that may be the top of the list for that reckoning. I know you mentioned maybe smaller cities than the ones I'm about to mention that are Phoenix, Tucson, and then uh, Boise, which we mentioned uh, Boise as the most overvalued market in the country. Now, I'm not going to take swipes at Boise, but I I've been watching the Phoenix market from afar and their inventory has shot up in the past month. And Phoenix is always that market that is first to go up. It's first to go down. It's first for the iBuyers. It's first for the flippers. It's, it's first for everything. So I, I think that's definitely going to be a, a market to watch. Yeah. And I was reading an article this morning that was like the top 20 um, cities that could see this downturn or see, see the biggest reckoning. And to my delight, Tampa was on there because I want to buy in Tampa, right? I want, I want that area. Not, not saying that I, you know, I want all your values to fall, but I want them to go down for me to. Yeah, that's a little harsh. I'm sorry. No, I, I don't mean it that way. I mean, I'm selfishly, you know, I just, I want to buy. What I hear you saying is you want to buy in Tampa and you want to spend your money on the Tampa local economy. I do. I want to spur that around. You know what? When it starts going down, I want to help them out, and I'm going to help them out by purchasing property there, and then um, you know, you're, you're a good guy. Yeah, you know? I mean, I figure the taxes there could then help um, help out. So okay, well, speaking of um, taxes and and helping out, who hasn't been helped out is a homeowner in Baltimore, Sean, <laughs> who was fined forty thousand dollars for a few inches of a fence. Um, they took the HOA to court. They lost, they appealed, and then eventually won, but not without a huge headache in between. This article comes for, to us from WMAR in Baltimore. This is a house in the Waldorf, Maryland area. And essentially, Sean, the way this broke down was a homeowner installed a fence in 2017. They obtained permission from the HOA to construct the fence. However, later in, in the next year in 2018, the association then told her that the fence was encroaching not on another property, but simply on the community's common area, essentially a, a wooded forest uh, behind the property. And the homeowner recalled that the HOA president told her that the fence, which was previously approved, was encroaching by exactly eight inches. And so then the HOA uh, began to send letters and actually find the homeowner uh, in the amount of $25 per day 
dating back to November 2018 when they first sent the letter, which they they backtracked and essentially accrued a $3,500 fine plus costs, attorney's fees, and all that entailed in the legal system, which added up to about $40,000 of fines and fees and court costs. Um, eventually, it went to appeals and um, this, this homeowner won out, Sean. But the, the fact that the HOA approved a fence, and it's not like the fence is going into another individual's property or going into a public right away. Eight inches approved turns out to be a $40,000 um, fine. So what are your thoughts on this? Matt, we've done hundreds of videos. And one of the, our videos that gets a lot of attention is HOA. When we talked about an HOA and an HOA being sued, um, people hate HOAs. And it's for this reason. There's always going to be a power hungry person, right? Th that's the problem with HOAs is you, you are elected to the board. And a lot of those board people are either, you know, they're lawyers or they're, you know, they th sometimes they think that they have all the power. And that's why you have to be careful with what you do with HOAs. Now, what, I what I'll say is the board approved the fence. Okay, good. Now, what you have to do is make sure that you do a survey and that the company is putting the fence up correctly and on your land. That is one of the basic things that you have to do whenever you put up a fence to make sure that that is on your land. So they do have a right to to go after them, even if it's an inch. That's that's the tough thing. Could they have changed this or could they have gone about this a different way? Yes. And that's the problem. Somebody had to be a jerk and say, oh, we're going to do this and we're going to go after you and we're going to fine you from two years ago, $25 per day, and it's going to equal this. That's That's ridiculous. How do you resolve things in a friendly manner? How do you get them done quickly in a friendly manner, in a nice cordial way and say, listen, hey. Unfortunately, your fence is encroaching on the HOA's property. We would like you to please just put it back. Um, you know, you have to move it X inches on this side and this this is where it should be. Have that fence company come back out. Maybe the fence company will cut you a break in the cost and say, okay, we can do it. The fence is there, right? Picking it up and moving it a little bit would have cost, you know, maybe a couple thousand bucks. Is it, is it um, a little bit overboard to, to push them for a couple inches? Maybe, but what happens when people start taking advantage of that over and over and over again? So you, ha you, you have to set a precedence there, but I think they went around it completely the wrong way. So to give some more context, the homeowner originally um, was sued by the HOA. So the HOA brought her to court and then um, the homeowner represented herself and shockingly lost. And then immediately afterwards, she moved the fence within the boundaries and then had a new survey come out but then the hoa said that it's still not in compliance and at that point she took the hoa to court and then the attorney for the homeowner she hired an attorney said that the new complaint was within an inch so one inch still in violation still going to court and the attorney representing the HOA, to your point, said it only matters if they're encroaching. And if they're encroaching, they're encroaching. And the thing is, everyone makes mistakes. HOAs make mistakes. Homeowners make mistakes. In fact, in this very building that we're in, the HOA approved a, a, a previous um, 
renovation on a balcony. There were some tiles that were installed and it was approved by the GM. And then we go to sell it. Uh, it wasn't even the current sellers that had made that change. They bought it. And the GM said, yeah, these are fine. And then we go to sell it. Lo and behold, the GM says, no, these these aren't fine. You need to remove these immediately. I don't know whose issue that was, but they did offer a solution. They said, we will remove these free of cost. So I'm wondering why this HOA didn't just say, hey, there's a violation here. We know that we approved it. This was actually a mistake. What we're going to do to fix this is uh, move the fence back on our dime because it was their mistake. Apparently, that didn't happen. And now a bunch of people hate each other in Waldorf, Maryland. Yeah, HOAs are tough. And again, it's it's it seems like a power-hungry person, a vendetta, right? Um, but the thing is, here's the key with HOAs. These people that are board presidents and whatever, they're volunteering their time. And... It's like a second job. I, I went on a listing appointment the other day and, and the guys had been the HOA board president for like decades. He had so many files and all this stuff just filling up and he's thinking of selling and he's like, I don't know who's going to take this over, but think about any new position. You're going into a new position. You get a new president there. They're not going to know all of the rules and regulations and they should, right? They should read all of those documents and go through them. And what they didn't do is this board president went and fined um, the person $25 per day retroactively. And in the actual documents, what the, the lawyer of the owner, the homeowner said is that the, the documents actually restrict them from doing all of that stuff. So that's why this court case was then overturned because they tried to take advantage and say, oh, I'm board president and I'm going to you know, cause you grief and charge you $40,000. But then they look at the actual documents and said, you're not allowed to do that. So, you know, if you're taking over the board and in some instances, you got to read those documents and those documents change all the time. And there's always new things coming out. It's so hard to keep up with. And management ch companies change all the time. People in those, in those positions change. Um, so you got to be careful. Lots of different ways about going uh, about disputes. And may maybe there was initially a, a cordial way. I know letters were sent, but certainly when you get to this point over this um, issue, it, it seems like they're making a mountain out of a molehill. But I, I do enjoy rules and I don't yeah. like when rules are broken. And if a rule is bro broken, I hope there's an amicable solution. And um, unfortunately, it doesn't look like that was the, the case in this scenario. Yeah, it's unfortunate. All right, let's move on to our third topic. Maybe lighten the mood a little bit. This comes to us from <laughs> KSTP.com in Minneapolis. It actually comes to us from a lot of different sources. This guy is really good at putting out news. Um, Chris Linda Lindell. I knew I was going to mess it up. Chris Lindell applies to trademark signature arms out pose, Sean. So there's a real estate agent in Milwaukee and his thing, what he's known for is this. Yeah. He's got billboards all over town. He is the arms out realtor. And I actually, I, I like, I like the shtick. 
because it, it's um, his like whole um, mantra and his business and his company and his culture is like we're we're just an arm's length away. Like we're here to to help you. It, it almost it's looks great. like he's giving you a hug. It, it 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 looks like a very friendly and and powerful pose. Um, to be honest, and he is going as far to uh, trademark this pose because what he's seen is other people in the industry and maybe in his own city are copying him. So last week to prevent consumer confusion and to stop industry copycats, his company applied to trademark the stance according to documents filed with the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. Sean, what what are your thoughts on a realtor attempting to trademark body language? That's a tough one. Um, I could see it locally, right? Uh, in the area that he does it, somebody else tries to do it. It's kind of like, I mean, who would do that? But we know people do all the time, right? Um, one of the, the Realtors things- are the biggest copycats in the world. Uh, research R&D is, you know, rip off and duplicate. That's that's what we're taught, right? It's like, all right, take what this is and, and kind of do it in your own way. And there's plenty of people out there that are constantly doing that. And, and we take ideas from other areas and we're incorporating those into our- are every day, but uh, this is going to be hard. I mean, I can see it. You know, his billboards are all like this, right? Please don't sue me. Don't make, let me take this down. But it's going to be tough. Um, well, all right. Well, let, let me give you some background. This isn't just a guy. It's not just him. He has one of the largest producing teams in the United States. The Real Trends came out this year with their 2022 Mega Trends, uh, I'm sorry, Trends for Mega Teams. So a Mega Team is a team with at least 21 plus agents, Sean, and he came in at the number seven position in the entire United States. So he his team did over a billion dollars. If you're doing a billion dollars, that's in Minnesota. Think, look at look how many zeros are on that. A that's billion. Insane. So he is up there. I mean, in terms of real estate teams, it's not an individual. It's not a small team. It's not a big team. It's not a large team. It's a mega team. Sean, there's over 300 agents at this point. It's a brokerage, it's right? A brokerage, it's, yeah. And 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 it is his broker. It, it is lit. It's not like oh, he's he's this you know Chris Lindell with with this brokerage. It's it's his own brokerage. So, I mean, incredible Google reviews, incredible web presence, uh, presence number seven in the entire nation. And I want to give you um, a, a little food for thought on on copyright. So, did you see recently Ohio State filed for a trademark? Mm-mm. They filed for the word the. So you know how it's like the Ohio State. Mm-hmm. So they filed for the word the and they got it. Wow. They got they trademarked the word the. So you can't say the. I think you can say it, but there's a certain context and they can monetize. I I, I don't really I'm not a trademark expert. I just yeah. saw that Darren Rebell on Twitter said that they filed for it and got it. So there's that. And then another more relevant trademark having to do with body language, Usain Bolt. You remember that guy? Yeah. Do you remember what he did when did he like won? This. Yeah. 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 So he did the whole boom, yeah. arrows pointing. By the way, just an incredible at like the electricity in the air when that dude runs a hundred meter. I mean, we're talking 2008 in uh, Beijing, 100, 100 meter gold medal. 2012 in London, 100 meter gold medal. 2016, Rio, gold medal. Just 
straight. I think he had like eight gold medals. Like yeah. when that dude races a hundred meters, I feel sorry for the other competitors because he's winning. So what the courts found in or the patent office found in that specific case is you can't necessarily trademark a um, body language, but what you can do is trademark um, logos and merchandise. Yeah. So you print out that body language, throw it on some merch, buy the merch, and then you trademark that merch. So I, I think, you know, this isn't just some guy that, that you know, sells a couple houses on the weekend. You know, he sells a billion dollars with a real estate. He has a very recognizable brand. In fact, he tried to change the billboard to just him kind of just standing still or smiling. And his Facebook fans were like, no, like we miss, do we miss the old one. Like Stay this is with iconic. what's good. Right. So, I mean. In that regard, I mean, he has a case, right? Yeah. So, he has one he has the reputation in the area it's not like it's some guy that just came up with one billboard and just put it up right he's been doing this for a long time he's got the reputation he's killing it um and i think that's the right way to do it is you you create a a, a print at, you know a print that's your trademark you know one thought that came to mind is what's one of the most iconic poses in football the heisman the heisman is that uh can, I, can you do it anybody can do the heisman right i don't know like, so uh, any, I mean, I, I, all right. I guess it's it's more. I don't what, know. What are you? What are really you? Get, what are you getting at? I mean, if the Heisman isn't trademarked and you can still do the Heisman pose, Heisman Trophy finally registered as a trademark in twenty in two thousand three. The trophy. The is. trophy. So you can't reproduce the trophy. I, well, yeah, maybe that's the same thing. Yeah. Where it's like you can do the you can do the pose, you can but, do you the can't pose do but you can't do it on an ad or something like that. I don't so know. maybe maybe you can still do the arms out, but you can't like take a picture of it or like use video of it or print it. Mm -hmm. you know I don't I mean? know. That's a tough one. I, I mean, I don't know the laws in, in trademarking and things like that, but he's uh, he's got his thing and he surely doesn't want anybody ripping off on it because that's what he's known for. So I completely understand it. He's worked hard for it, right? Yeah, I, I think he's like 40 years old or, or around that age, maybe under 40. And um, he's, he's got quite the squad in uh, Minneapolis. Congrats. So, good for Chris. Yeah. Um, wow. What what a pose. <laughs> I'm, I'm just glad <laughs> it wasn't. That. I'm just glad it wasn't the arms crossed because, yeah. you know, the, the realtors uh, and I was with a, a client uh, yesterday and we were showing a house and I was like, oh, this one's a flip. And he looked at me in a, in a very like loving and congenial way. And he's like, oh, you realtors have the corniest sayings. I'm like, yeah, like we are. And he, he, yeah, he's a cool guy. He, yeah. he wasn't like, but I was like, yeah, you're right. We are very corny. And oh. I looked at this. Usually I, I don't like the corn, not a big corn guy. Um, but uh, I looked at this. I was like, that's cool. It's yeah. different. I liked it. It's not really corny. I mean, there's definitely corny real estate agents. I, you know, I run by them all the time. There was a, there's a show. Of, I can't remember the the show anyways uh it was all about the corny real estate agent um but for sure they always come up with the uh the the, the corny sayings but i think this works how yeah. often do you think this guy goes out to dinner in milwaukee oh. and they're like hey can you do the thing can you do can it? you do can the you thing do it? it's like maybe like a, a child star who had like a one hit like a one-liner oh, and then imagine? people are asking when he's like 45 years old to like say a line and it's that's like, over I, and over again. What am I, a puppet to you? Over and over again. Think about when you're famous and you have that one thing that you're famous for. And, you know, you got to understand that this is the first time this person is, there's a, there's 7 billion people on this earth, right? So it's the first time this person's seen, but over and over and over again, you got to be like, 
oh my god i don't want to go outside anymore yeah. you know but all right guys well we'd love to know your comments on the hoa especially but also this trademark i'm rooting for the guy looks yeah, me like too. i like it i mean i'm i'm very impressed with his business he's got Get a the good, trademark good operation going so hopefully hopefully he gets it all right well thank you so much for watching until next time we'll see you then take care